The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Welsh is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I'm in the midst of a series titled Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, A New Thought Perspective, and I chose this very popular book. Matter of fact, it's a uh, number one New York Times bestseller because it has a lot of terminology that, in my opinion, works very well with New Thought or New Thought Christianity or Christian metaphysics. And what I'm trying to do is just give a bridge to help some of the people that might be familiar with, you know, reading Unity material, you know, like Charles Fillmore, Eric Butterworth, et cetera, or you know, maybe religious science, science of mind, like Ernest Holmes, Raymond Charles Barker, and modern writings, or, you know, Joseph Murphy or Emmett Fox, to be able to say, okay, they use this type of terminology. We use this type of terminology and see how we can blend it together. And this is the third week, and we're going to be talking about chapter three, the core of the ego. Now, before we actually get into the core of the ego, I want to read um, a, a couple of quotes from the book Spiritual, Spiritual Interpretation of Scripture by Joel Goldsmith, because I think it really, really kind of points to understanding the spiritual nature. In my book, this is found on page 23. Um, he says, there is in all the universe but one power, and I am that law and power, the consciousness which I am the only I or me, this is the only power, and therefore all power is good, and besides me, there is no power. Every evil is, therefore, a misconception of the one power, the all-good power that I am. Then he goes on, skip a paragraph, two paragraphs. There is no such thing as good overcoming evil, no God healing your diseases, no God reforming sinners. Overcome false theology here, and now by accepting the first commandment, when he means first commandment, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, metaphysically interpreted. Now, the statement that I really want to focus on to prepare for the context of the core of the ego is the statement, there is no such thing as good overcoming evil, no God healing your diseases, no God reforming sinners. 
overcome false theology here and now by accepting the first commandment. This doesn't mean that what we call so-called evil conditions don't get transformed or um, that spiritual healings or any type of healings happen uh, or that people who are missing the mark, a.k.a. sinning, uh, are not reformed and transformed. But here's the key. He said there is no God that is doing it. This doesn't mean that he doesn't believe in God. What he's trying to get people to understand is if God is the one presence and one power, then you have to understand that God is in, in conflict with anything. One of the things that the, the ego does, the human consciousness, the personality, the sense consciousness, uh, all saying the same thing. One of the things that it does is it, it lives in the realm of duality. If you have this good, you got to have this bad. You have this left, you have to have right. But when you're an omnipresence, which is what we say God is, what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right, what's inside, what's outside, when it's all God. If God is, is, is perfect wholeness, then there is nothing to heal in God. An expression, obviously, uh, because we have this conditioned, dualistic mindset we create out of the one power adulterated forms of expression this is why he says on page 23 every evil is therefore a misconception of the one power the all good power that i am so the power or law or principle that is supposed to be used for good when utilized by a dualistic mindset a consciousness of duality, a consciousness of of good and evil, right and wrong, etc., produces adulterated uh, expression. And adulterated means obviously something that is not pure, or expressing the way it was created to express. So. It's not so much God healing your body. It's your consciousness of reclaiming. It's the reclaiming of your consciousness of wholeness, of understanding who you are in God and who God is in you that expresses as what we call health and wholeness and the uh, transformation of what we call disease cells and the healthy cells, uh, et cetera. It's the transformation of the mind and heart that that has a person who was living out of alignment with their true nature to walk back in alignment with it. And what we see as quote unquote good overcoming evil is not God saying, okay, now I'm coming to, to take care of business. It's really the, the consciousness, which is the conduit of God's life, love, wisdom, power, and substance flowing into that experience that transforms it. It's just us realizing the truth. And when we realize the truth, the truth sets us free as Jesus taught us. And it's really important that we understand this. All right. Now, getting to the book. And again, with these um, shows, obviously I can't teach the whole chapter. That, that, was, that would be rather difficult. And that would actually take probably the rest of the year. I don't want to do that. But hopefully I can give you some insight. So if you have the book, which I recommend that you get if you don't, and you're reading the chapters ahead of time, then listening to the shows, and then maybe reading the chapter again after you've had an opportunity to listen to it, I think you can gain some insight because what Spirit is giving me uh, might resonate with you and make you go deeper within your own spiritual nature to get the insight that you need because you have to remember the real teacher is your own spiritual nature, your own indwelling Christ nature or the Holy Spirit within you or whatever term you like to use. That's the real and only teacher. I can only point you to the truth that's within you, but I can't be the truth for you. No minister can, no priest can, no monk can, no Amon can, no uh, uh, guru or anybody else. A person can only point you to the truth. All right. Now, on page 59, he states, most people are so completely identified with the voice in the head 
the incessant stream of involuntary and compulsive thinking and emotions that accompany it, that we may be described as being possessed by their mind. Now, this is key. This is what it talks about when you're, I call it snowballing. Uh, if you, if you throw a snowball off the top of a, a mountaintop, if you allow the snowball to keep going downhill, eventually that snowball will turn into an avalanche. So we have this thought that's out of alignment with truth. And then we don't really deal with it and bring it up to awareness to, um, to, to address it, to, to not allow it to attach itself to meanings and emotions and past memories and all the other stuff that we like to play with in our own minds. When we address it, we can stop it. It's easy to stop a snowball from rolling downhill. If you allow it to go keep rolling, it turns into an avalanche. Nobody's standing at the bottom of a mountain with their hands up trying to stop an avalanche. You, it runs you right over. And many times people's emotions get so stirred up that by the time they start to address what's going on in their souls, this thought, this belief has avalanches connected. It's, it's become uh, it's become a parasite. It's feeding on the the thinking and feeling and beliefs that you have in your soul consciousness and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's almost like when people have cells like tumors and they, uh, it's very small and they don't allow it to, and they don't address it. The next thing you know, they're walking around with a 60 pound tumor on their, on their abdomen. Well, it's, it's, it's similar. When you don't address it, it continues to feed and it gets bigger. And it gets bigger. And then when you have to address it, sometimes it's a lot of consequences to go along with it. Catch it early. Jesus, the master psychologist, the absolute master psychologist, had a really easy way of teaching this. And people take it out of context because they don't really get that he that Jesus always taught principles that could be applied to many situations. He said in Matthew chapter five, verses 27 through um, um, and 28, I could read all of it, but I'm not. You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart, meaning subconscious mind, feeling nature beliefs. So and that's when he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one member of your body than the whole body thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. But because we, one, don't understand how the word hell is used, because hell in Aramaic, Jesus' language, the language he spoke, the word hell means mental torment and anguish. So when he's saying before you ever have the act of adultery, you had the thought of adultery. So he says, stop it at the thought. Now, you can take adultery out and put your thing in. And he's saying, stop it at the thought. How do you stop it at the thought? He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. In other words, if that what you are perceiving, that what you are looking at, that which you are, um, that which is grabbing your attention is causing you to miss the mark. Tear or shift away from that position, that mental position. Because it's better to, to, to shift out of that position. It's better for you to stop allowing that to pull your attention. It's better for you not to allow that which you are looking at to pull you off of purpose and mission. It's better to deal with the, the whatever the temporary discomfort and shifting your consciousness away from nonsense than to have your whole body, which means your whole experience, thrown into anguish and torment. And he says, and if your right hand, meaning your actions, cause you to sin or make a mistake, cut it off. In other words, stop it. Stop it. 
Stop it. Cut it off and throw it away means stop it. It's idiomatic language. It's metaphorical language. Like I put my foot in my mouth. It doesn't mean literally, and I know there's been Christians throughout the years who've cut their hands off. But it means if you have actions that you are that that are getting you in trouble, stop it. Because it's better to stop doing that than to have your whole body, your whole experience thrown into what? Mental torment and anguish. In other words, when you don't when you don't watch what you are perceiving and watch what you are doing and you're living unconsciously, you will put yourself into your own hell. That's what it's saying. Now, back to the book. The book states that as long as you are completely unaware of this, you take the thinker to be who you are. This is the egoic mind. We call it egoic because there was a sense of self or I ego in every thought, every memory, every interpretation, opinion, viewpoint, reaction, emotion. This is unconsciousness. Spiritually speaking, you're thinking the content of your mind is, of course, conditioned by the past, your upbringing, culture, family background, and so on. So we have this sense of personality, he's saying, this sense of who we think we are, which is really based upon a, a duality mindset which is really based upon a sense of separation you can never be separate from god but based upon a sense of separation that that is involved with every thought every memory interpretation opinion viewpoint reaction emotion in other words those aspects are 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 um it's sort of like a computer virus that travels with every program and until you get your Norton or whatever McAfee, whatever you use to clean out your hard drive, the virus can infect different things and it can move to different locations. Well, this program works fine, but it's infecting the other one. And then all of a sudden the program you're using now doesn't work and the other program is working fine. It infects stuff. It's involved with so many different things that you don't even realize it. And because we're unconscious of it, it's, we react, we act, we perceive, we see, we talk in ways that are consistent with this unconscious sense of separation instead of our true spiritual God nature. There's another way for me to say that. So it's really important for us to understand that as spirit soul body spirit is our primary nature and it's at the soul level that we also have a higher awareness uh of our of who and what we are and purpose and mission and vision but also at that soul level is the thinking and the feelings and the memories and the beliefs and all of those other things that go along with uh what we identify ourselves with now there's nothing wrong with thoughts and feelings beliefs emotions whatever it's when we Make those a sense of identity that is not, what's the word I want to use, that is not consistent with who we are spiritually. So what ends up happening is it takes all of the attention and it and it makes its rights, its wrongs, its needs override what is needed for us to grow into an awareness of our true spiritual nature. In other words, it robs the true needs of the soul by giving us this, the surface, uh, the, the surface personality ego needs that need to be met. So in other words, you can be working and busy and, and accommodating the ego and accommodating the body consciousness all you want and still feel as though there's a hole in your life because the spiritual that is really the spiritual food, quote unquote, that is really needed, which is God's divine ideas of life and love and power and wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. The, 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 the communing with your indwelling Christ nature, those things that really cultivate and heal the soul are de-emphasized. So the outer man only is uh, taken care of. So we need to make sure that we are aware of that. That's what Tole is letting us know, that this sense of separation is involved with everything. Now, we're coming up on our first break, which is really fast while this time moves when you're in the midst of teaching. So let us take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. 
Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm still on page one, but I think I'm going to try to now turn to to page 60 on, I mean, excuse me, page 59, the first page of chapter three, but now on page 60. But I do want to let you know that if you want to call in and ask a question, you can call in at 888 888- 558-6489-888-558-6489. I also want to let you know that this show has a f- Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. You can go to Facebook. I encourage that. Please like the page, share the page. Let's help get this powerful message out to the world. also want to remind you that this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, please freely give. We want to make sure that this um, online radio station is available to people all over the world consistently. Remember, not only are these shows available online, as you know, you can go to the you know internet and download, listen to them live, or click and listen to them as a podcast later on the website. But you can actually go on iTunes and download them. You can also go to Stitcher, which is another app, and download them. So all of these episodes, all of these shows are all available to the whole world for free. I think that means that we have a great opportunity to make an impact because a person can say, well, I don't have time to listen to it. You can say, hey, just download it on iTunes. Listen to it later. Um, have it where it goes to your phone or your iPad or your computer automatically. It's easy to do. So please keep that in mind. And please remember that when you support the show, you, uh, Unity, you're supporting the show. Because I've had some people email me and ask me uh, when they go to the website, it just says donate to Unity. And they want to make sure that the money goes to the to the show. What I would say is it goes into the pot. And from the pot, things are paid. So let's keep the support going. But remember, also, you can call 888-558-6489. I would love to hear from you. I also want to remind you that you can go to Christ Universal Temple's website, www.cutemple.org. And um, we have an on-demand feature where you can listen to maybe like the last three uh, Sunday sermons. So, you know, if you want to hear Reverend Derek B. Wells, hear some great music from our uh, choir, the Temple Ensemble, uh, make sure you go to the website, www.cutemple.org, and um, go to the multimedia link and listen to sermon archives. Um, last but not least, uh, just a reminder that the uh, Universal Foundation for Better Living's Panorama of Truth is coming to Chicago, Illinois. And... Um, if you would like to hear some powerful speakers and have a wonderful, great experience with powerful spiritual people and hear, you know, great presenters, uh, go to www.ufbl.org, www.ufbl.org to get more information. If you live in the Chicagoland area and you want to gather a little bit more information about for people who live in the Chicagoland area, uh, for people who might um 
you know, have some different options, looking for some different options, um, call the church at 773-568-2282, 773-568-2282. That's Christ Universal Temple. Anyway, back to the book, page 60. It says, the content of the ego varies from person to person, but in every ego, the same structure operates. In other words, egos only differ on the surface. Deep down, they are all the same. In what way are they the same? They live on identification and separation. Again, I go back to what I, one of my favorite quotes I've been using during this series, which is found in the book Lessons and Truth by H. Emily Cady on page two. Every man believes himself to be in bondage to the flesh and the things of the flesh. All suffering is the result of this belief. So she was also a believer that they only differ in, from the surface deep down. It's all the same. In other words, everybody is working through the same mental condition. This mental condition is, according to her, in bondage to the flesh and the, the things of the flesh. Now, it's not that they are or we are. It's just that every person believes. And belief is just what you accept to be true. You can say, well, no, I don't believe that. But any level of limitation and bondage to a spiritual being is a belief that 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 something is not possible to you when we are one with and the self-expressions of uh, all is excuse me, all is possible. God. Now, back to the book. Uh, All right. It goes on to say. Uh down a few lines. So every ego is continually struggling for struggling for survival, trying to protect and enlarge itself to uphold the I thought it needs the opposite thought of the other. The conceptual I cannot survive without the conceptual other. The others are most other when we see them as my enemies. So in other words, for me to have this sense of separation, for me to have this identification with form, for me to believe that I'm just a human being and not a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual laws, I have to uh, create a conceptual other. And what I mean by conceptual other, what he means, or let me rephrase that, how I interpret the conceptual other is my projection of who I think you are not as you are showing up, but how I perceive you. So in other words, when I don't see you as one with me, when I don't see that you are a spiritual being, when I am not beholding the the spiritual nature in you, that means that I'm perceiving you based upon my limited human consciousness. You know, uh, you know, in it uh, in the daily inspiration for better living for years, the term numaskar, which is um, a more religious way of saying namaste. The divinity in me salutes the divinity in you was a way uh, that we reminded ourselves that I'm not interacting only with human beings. I'm interacting with spiritual beings always. I'm interacting with the image and likeness of God always. And it's my job to see the spirit sometimes when a person is really, really trying consciously or unconsciously to show me something else. How well do I see beyond appearances is a very good question. Now, he quotes Jesus on page 61 when he states how Jesus taught it. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. See, Jesus was confronting the ego when he said that. You're looking for the problem in somebody else's. So and I believe the next verse he called the person a hypocrite. He said, you hypocrite, first remove the log out of your eye so you can uh, better help your brother with the speck in his eye. We're walking around with gigantic logs in our eyes complaining about the speck in somebody else's. Because the ego doesn't want to deal with its log. It only wants to acknowledge your speck. And this is one of the things that we have to be mindful of. How does it do that? How does it complain about the speck? And what it does is it complains and gives resentments on page 61. It says complaining is one of the ego's favorite strategies for strengthening itself. 
every complaint is a little story the mind makes up that you completely believe in. Whether you complain aloud or only in thought makes no difference. Now, think about it. You complaining out loud or not, because sometimes a person is thinking all type of negative thoughts and beliefs. Because I, I run into I run into this when people say, "Well, you know, you know these principles and these laws, you know, um, you know they don't work the way people say they they should." You know, I know people, they've affirmed and they've visualized and they whatever, but you don't know what's going on in that person's mind. You don't know what type of thoughts they're thinking. You don't know what type of unconscious processes are going on. You don't know what's going on in their souls. How can I say that with any level of conviction? Because I don't believe you know what's going on in yours. You might know some of the things that's going on. And I can say that because I don't know everything that's going on in my soul. As it comes to the surface, I deal with it. When it comes to the surface, you deal with it. But the inner conversation that goes on, a person can be out there saying, I love myself and I deserve the best. But in their minds, they're downing themselves, disrespecting themselves and don't believe that they deserve the best. And they'll put the Christian face on or the Buddhist face on or the Islamic face on or the new thought face on or whatever. In front of people, read the right scriptures, say the right thing, dress the right way portray themselves a certain way at work, but really don't believe in themselves. This is why people are so shocked when they hear people end up doing destructive things to themselves. Well, they were so positive and sweet at work, I would have never guessed. Why? Because you don't know what's going on in their souls. You have no idea. No idea what really is going on. And until you realize that part of your spiritual growth is waking up, literally waking up, because when you are aware, now you can deal with it. You can't deal with what you're not aware of. Um, then you can really start making some uh, headway into evolving spiritually. Now, back to the book. Page. 62. Resentment is the emotion that goes with complaining and the mental labeling of people and adds even more energy to the ego. Resentment means to feel bitter, indignant, aggrieved, or offended. You resent other people's greed, their dishonesty, their lack of integrity, what they're doing, what they did in the past, what they said, what they failed to do, what they should or shouldn't have done. The ego loves it. Instead of overlooking unconsciousness in others, you make it their identity. Who's doing that? The unconsciousness in you, the ego. Mm. All right. He says the sometimes the fault that you perceive is in another e isn't even there. In other words, it has no factual basis. But we still believe it because it's the ego's projection. It says it is a total misinterpretation of projecting by a mind conditioned to see enemies and make itself right or superior. So be mindful that you are most likely projecting on almost everybody you know, including yourself. You're most likely projecting on every experience that you know. You know, there's, that's, you know, it's like the story of the uh, man, young man who left his home uh, city and went to a, to live in another city. He left us. And when uh, he, on, when he get, got to the new city, he bumped into an old man sitting out on, on his lawn. And he asked the old man, what type of people live in this city? And the old man said, um, tell me about the people that lived in your old city. He says, oh, they were liars and cheaters and, he disrespectful and he went on to say all of these negative things about the people that lived in his old town and he said this is the reason why he moved and the old man said the people in this city are just like the people in your old town now why is that true because that is true for that young man the only people that he can meet 
will 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 be the people that are consistent with his consciousness. And because his consciousness attracted those type of people, let's say in Milwaukee, he'll attract those same type of people in Chicago and the same type of people in Boston or New York or Los Angeles or San Diego or Las Vegas or Miami, Florida. Because until the consciousness changes, you will always find your own level, just like water. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So it's important that we realize that consciousness truly is what I am in the sense that that as long as I'm in this unconscious conditioned mindset, I'm recycling the same experiences over and over again. This is why it's really important that when you become aware, you start to dissolve it and then you start taking action that further diminishes it. So normally when you become aware and you start to listen to the, and I'm using the term in quotations, the voice of spirit, because it doesn't mean it comes as a voice. It can come as a hunch. It could come inner guidance, come as streams of thought. It could come as ideas, visions, dreams, whatever. But I'm going to use the term voice of God in quotations. Once you start listening to the voice of God or the still small voice within, it'll start guiding you not only into how to think and feel in a way that's in alignment with the spiritual principles that govern your inner being. But it will also guide you into the actions needed to further empower you. In other words, when you start looking at uh, biblical culture, every time something showed up, I mean, God showed up in the drip vision, dream or guidance, whatever. It was always an action step involved. So we need to be mindful of that. We need to be really mindful. Um, he goes on to say, next paragraph, non-reaction to the ego and in others is one of the most effective ways of not only going beyond ego in yourself, but also dissolving the collective ego. Mm. Now, this is important because what it says is when I refuse to engage in you, when I just not going to do that crazy argument, shouting and snapping, or I don't have to make you act a certain way or et cetera. What that does is it, it, diminishes the ego in you because you don't have to engage it, the ego in someone else. Now he does mention on page 63 that at times you have to take practical steps to protect yourself from deeply unconscious people. In other words, people that will do you physical harm, put you in danger, um, or, or are not necessarily good for your well-being. But as you evolve in consciousness, um, you become more ins- insulated from those type of people and isolated from them because as you rise in consciousness, you start to draw a different type of people into your experience. You know, so we need to be mindful that as you grow or as we grow in consciousness, we need to, um, uh, as we are mindful of what, how we grow in consciousness, we will attract a whole new group, a whole new people, a whole new state, a whole new experience. Because the people that were a part of the old levels of consciousness will fall away. Things that used to be happy with, love to do, will now kind of, you know, lose their value to you. The conversations that you used to like to have with people will start to flip and you won't like to have those conversations as much because you won't be so trapped in the, the, the delusions and illusions of sense consciousness. So it's really important that you get that. Now, you know, as I stated before, this book has so much good information that, you know, I'm only scratching the surface. Uh, but I'm going to, when we come back from the last break, I'm going to hit a couple of key points that I do want to talk about because I think it's really important that you get a good overview. But I really want you to get the book and read the chapters ahead of time 
so we can make sure that we have um, a good base and foundation to continually build on so we can do the inner work needed to help us live the life that we deserve. We have an opportunity to live the healthy, happy, and prosperous life that God wills for every person. So be open and receptive to it. We're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. spirituality into your own hands bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path do you cross the boundary between religion and science or between religions themselves do you like a dose of humor with your truth seeking if you answered yes you're what we call a holy rascal join rabbi rami shapiro for how to be a holy rascal wednesdays at 11 a.m central Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Rev. Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get back into Eckhart Tolle's book, I want to read from the book Talks on Truth by Charles Fillmore. This is under the chapter, You Must Be Born Again by, uh, um, in my book, at least it's page 80. And he asks a question. He says, do you really want to be born into the spirit? The majority of the people would answer this query in the affirmative without a moment's thought. But this is mere impulse and does not involve a careful consideration of the most important matter ever present to the I am. To be born into the spirit is to come into an entirely new and different state of consciousness. This has a mighty meaning back of it. What makes up your present consciousness? Is it not largely the things of sense? Analyze your surroundings and see whether they are not based upon the perception of the five senses. You swing into your little orbit of family ties. You believe that you were born into the world through a chain of fleshly ancestors to whom you are bound by a a filial love that to your present understanding is inviolable yet he who passed from the flesh consciousness into the spirit looked back and said meaning jesus call no man your father on the earth for one is your father even he who is in heaven so the i am that desires to function on the spiritual plane must drop all belief in fleshly parentage it must count as rubbish all pride of ancestry and blue blood It must forever cease to talk about the social prestige of our family. It must not bolster up the mortal man by considering ancestral reputation to be of any weight. This form of human pride must all be denied as a dream of the night because it is one of the strong cores that binds that bind the I am to the flesh. Every tie of earthly relationship must be recognized as the passing condition of a brief fleshly experience your children are not yours as you have looked upon them their egos like yourself though some similarity of desire they have been attracted to your mental stratum now i'm gonna read one more thing but before i do i just wanted he's giving a context of saying 
you're so attached to the human until you realize that you're spiritual first. Those attachments to the human will in, will will interfere with your spiritual growth. Then when you understand your who you are spiritually, now you can better put together how to handle your human experience because the spirit is leading. We have a call from a Michelle. Uh, Michelle, are you there? Yes, I am, Reverend Galen. How are you? Excellent about yourself. Where are you from, Michelle? I'm calling you from the beautiful city of Miami Gardens, Florida. Beautiful, beautiful. Are you at uh, Universal Truth Center? No, actually I'm at Unity on the Bay. Oh, okay, beautiful, beautiful. All right, well, what is your question? I'm really enjoying the conversation. I wanted to thank you, too, for the outstanding job you did with the 12 Powers. Um, my, my mastermind partner and I were heavy duty into that, so you, you provided some significant guidance for us, so thank you so much for that. You're welcome. The question that I have about uh, a new earth, for the person who's just becoming aware of, you know, the existence of their ego and how the ego functions, you know, in their day-to-day lives, what are some practical things that they can do to, you know, kind of get the ego in check and, and, and help the ego to kind of shift to serving the evolution of their soul as opposed to keeping them stuck in mediocrity? Well, well, I think this is where, um, you know, the, the, the basic principles is you at Unity. Um, you know, the UFBL churches in Unity have basically the same five basic principles. So let's just start there. Um, you know, through, through, through study, through practice, through, uh, prayer, we start to really focus and look for the omnipresence of God, acknowledging God and experiences that are not necessarily easy to see. It's easy to see God when you walk in, in, in the churches and see children playing in playgrounds and et cetera, but to actually train and condition the mind to look for spiritual wholeness beyond the appearance is a way of conditioning the mind because when you're doing that, you're being present. And one of the things that Tolay mentions over and over again is that when you're not present, you're, you're in the structure of the ego. Uh, uh, Fillmore taught it differently. He would say on the cross between Jesus was the man, were two thieves. The thief, uh, one thief represented the past and the other thief represents the future. In the sense that our, our mind stuck on the past all the time or projecting into the future robs of, robs us of, a, of being uh, present to the presence and power of God now. So part of being aware of the omnipresence of God is being aware now. The other thing is the divinity of humankind. If you, you know, and I'm using the terminology like we would use it, but I'm sure it translates. So the divinity of humankind just basically says, okay, well, I have to remind myself, myself in the experience when that inner conversation is going on, telling me about my value or lack of value, whatever, that I'm not seeking approval from the outer things, but I'm actually pre-approved by God because I'm created in the image and likeness of God and reminding ourselves that consistently. And when we see others beholding the Christ in them, even more so when they are pulling us off of our, um, as, as they would say, I don't know if they say this in Miami, we would say pull up off their square. In other words, pulling a person out, out of their balance. Um, and then you start talking about the value and power of thought uh, and from the standpoint of realizing that as I keep, if my thought isn't present, that means it's, be, it's being conditioned by the past and it's recycling. So being very present to how my consciousness is ex- creating my experience. If it's happening unconscious, that means that stuff is showing up in my experience that I'm creating and attracting. Or as Catherine Ponder says, what you radiate, you attract. Uh, when that situ- when, when I'm unconscious, Things are popping up in my space all the time for me to have to deal with. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, why my life has no intention. But it's sort of like throwing a, a twig on a river and the current takes the, the, the twig where it wants to go. When we live life like that, we're not living with any level of intention. And when we don't have any intention, life just happens to us. So either, you know, um, life is happening to you or you're being conscious about it. And seeking to go in the direction that hopefully you are being guided to by the presence and power of God within you, which gets us to the fourth step, practicing the presence of God, the prayer, the meditation, the sitting in the silence. These are practical tools to stop the mind from focusing on 
um, um, just the outer things and actually giving the the doing the inner work, which one calms the calms the the mind, calms the body, relaxes uh, our thinking process to the point to where the inner guidance can happen. And I don't know how it'll happen for different people, but when you make it a consistent habit to do the, your inner work, your prayer work, your meditation work, your silence work, what that does is consistently over and over time, it builds its own muscle. So it makes it easier for you to do it. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like going to the gym. The hardest thing about going to the gym is developing the routine that will maintain itself. Most people right. stop going to the gym after, you know, before January's up. They sign up for a year. And then they stop going. I've done it. I have a gym membership now. And I'm trying like, man, I need to get to the gym. So I, so I get that that's part of the process. It's easy to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to develop the routine. And developing the routine means um, that you have to be in integrity with yourself. And what does your word mean to you? Right. So that's another way of looking at it. Then, of course, you know, we would say law of demonstration from the standpoint of thoughts held in mind produced after their own kind. And there's a responsibility with being um, – a spiritual being and being very aware of how universal law is working in experience. Now, those are just a quick way of saying if I'm focusing on just these five basic principles, I'm being present. I mean, very present. Um, I did a show on these principles. I don't know how long ago when this show, I first started doing this, this show. Um, you would have to find them. I don't know, but mm-hmm. part of it is, understanding how when I'm present and and conscious I'm now in, in I can now utilize the power within me and then I can look beyond the appearances it's sort of like um I, don't, I think I mentioned last week I teach so much I don't even know what I say in from class to class from show to show sermon to sermon uh, as Joe Goldsmith would say, when you look at the train tracks, and it seems like the tracks come together if you look far enough, but they never do. That's an illusion. You have to, even when you see the illusion, your mind knows train tracks never come together. So when you start seeing the lack, when you see the sickness, when you see the inharmony, when you see the whatever, that's a lie. God is the one presence and one power in the universe. That's a lie. God is the source of my supply. That's a lie. God is the divine health and wholeness in my body. That's a lie. God is the divine love and harmony in my experience. That's a lie. God is my success, not this outward whatever pass, fail, success, or failure thing. It, so even though it, you're seeing it, when we do optical illusions, we know that our minds are telling us when we see magicians on TV, we notice a trick to it. We know it's not really happening. So we can enjoy the show, but we know that it's not real. Now, metaphysically, real means permanent, enduring, eternal, unchangeable. So we can enjoy the human experience, but not recognize that it's real. That would be the difference. So so, so, so that's a part of the conditioning, you know, um, looking, looking through it. Consistently, um, you know, uh, you know, I could give some recommendations off the top of my head. Um, you know, besides this book, Eckhart Tolle and dealing with the ego, I think the best unity book in dealing with the subject is The Eye of the Storm by Gary Simmons. Okay. I, capital I, not E-Y-E. Okay. I think right. it's the best book by far on dealing with the ego. Um, you know, and, you know, uh, and, and if you really want to drill down with it from a spiritual level, a parenthesis. Not not the eye of the storm isn't spiritual, but really drill down on it is a parenthesis in eternity by Joel Goldsmith. Okay. You know, that that book is a is a is a roller coaster ride. So hopefully with that helpful. That's very, very helpful. Very, very helpful. Thank you. I wanted to mention just briefly to because I know you have to go. Uh you were speaking earlier about um our, our thoughts attracting to us, if, if we, even if we move to another city, the kind of people that we attracted into our world will be reflective of the people that we left in the old city. And there's mm-hmm. a wonderful book called Wherever You Go, There You Are. I think it's by John Kabat-Zinn that is phenomenal on that subject. So I just wanted to throw that in there for your listeners. And thank you again for such a wonderful job that you're doing. It's, it's extremely helpful. 
Well, no problem. E- uh, email me that into the Facebook page if you can, my inbox, so I can um, look that up. I will. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so that that was a wonderful call. So what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to read this one statement that I want to read before the class is over. Uh, that I was going to work up to, but I think that that gave me a context of being able to wrap some of uh, this uh, teaching into some practical steps. On page 68, it says, every ego confuses opinions and viewpoints with facts. Furthermore, it cannot tell the difference between an event and its reaction to that event. Every ego is a master of selective perception and distorted interpretation. So when you recognize that that you're only using selective perception and distorted interpretation, in other words, that you're collapsing your facts within the story and your interpretation and your meanings all together with a thing, that's what the ego does to keep you in bondage. So to gain freedom, you got to learn how to uncollapse them. So we're going to end the show today. uh, And next week, we're going to deal with role playing the many faces of the ego. So, again, read the book ahead of time. Let's continue to work, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women... The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific. 
3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.